0: Uh, welcome back, everybody, for another episode of the Long Overdue bod- Podcast. Uh, this week we'll be uh, doing our second in a uh, two-part of episodes about gaming, uh, role-playing games. Uh, last week we had our episode about well, running an adventure. We ran a, a short adventure uh, as an example. Uh, the system we used was Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Uh, today we're going to be talking about role-playing games. Uh, just in general we'll talk a little bit about what we did last week and uh, we have both of our guests back again Sam and Josh and uh, so we'll just we'll start with y'all. Uh, so uh, you guys both of you guys have been coming to To play with us during our second Saturday we'll, or gaming at the library sessions for has it been like a year now? No, uh, I've been coming since October. Since. since October, so almost a year. Josh, I know you've been coming quite a bit longer than that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, probably like a year or more. Yeah, I think it's been yeah something like that. Cool. Um. Uh, well, I'll start with you, Josh. Uh. So, uh when when did you get involved with role playing games and so you know how, when when did what got you started? So go ahead and start with that. When did when did you start playing? Um,
1: I started playing like maybe a year after we moved to Texas because that's when I had started homeschooling and my mom wanted to for me to make friends and uh, we met this one family and they they were always like, "Hey, are you interested in role playing games?" And so one night just went over there and um, played some. I, that was actually Dungeons and Dragons was actually the first RPG that I played okay and um, and that's what got me hooked
0: cool and when was that you said it was when you first moved to Texas it was about like
1: maybe a year after or so
0: Was that, I know you've been coming to the library for quite a while has that been about maybe two or three years ago yeah Something probably, like, probably that. like two years ago okay so you've been playing for a couple years yeah that's cool alright Sam what about you when did you start playing role playing games well, that's more of a funny story. Um,
2: I found a YouTube channel called Pro Jared that uh, talked about uh, role-playing games, and it was really interesting. And I loved the idea of it. And I started talking to playing board games with my neighbor because he wasn't allowed to play video games during the school year, and so we couldn't play split-screen video games or anything like that. And uh, we started looking into board games, and we found Dungeons and Dragons online. asked his parents if he could play Dungeons & Dragons they said no so I was left with nobody then um, I went to a church function and I met Samuel and I had always wanted to get into Dungeons & Dragons I had been seriously interested and I just mainly watched it live because there was really no other way I could get into it Um, and Samuel was like Uh, who's another person that goes to the uh, RPG club Mm -hmm. really often Um, and he said hey there's this thing at the library it's it's on the second Saturday of the month at 10am you like role playing games I was like yeah I love role playing games I've never played one but I love them and um, he was like alright come to this thing on the second Saturday of the month at 10am and I was like alright cool I'll be there so I showed up and we played Starfinder, which is a newer one. It came out about a year ago. It's
0: been about a year ago. Yeah.
2: And it's really good. It And I was like, I love this stuff. This is awesome. So I started investing in Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Um, I started wanting to become a dungeon master because I'd been watching a lot of it online. And Chris was a really cool dungeon master. So I was like, hey, this is really interesting. So I started getting involved with it more and I really enjoyed it. But that's... Mine was kind of boring. But so,
0: that's cool. So, you started watching it, and then it was really when you started coming to our program here is when you got directly involved. Yeah. That. Well, that's cool. I'm glad that we were able to provide that provide that for you. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, so, you've been playing for less than a year? A little less no? than a year, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, well, you got right on into it, and you started game mastering and everything, so that's really cool. Hmm. Uh, so... I guess here's a, the next question is why why do we play role playing games? Josh, you said that part of it was because you wanted to you wanted to get meet new friends and interact with people in that way. Is that is that kind of what started you? Why do why is it why do you play role playing games now? What what is what mm-hmm. is it for you? What it's more of a way to get together
1: with people. Um you really get to see what they think when they want to play mm-hmm. games. Um you get to see if they were really in a situation like that, what they would choose um it's a good way to get to know people good way to meet new people mm. um It's just a fun way to kind of not really goof off but have a fun time while around the table
0: sure, so and you get to put yourself in situations you normally wouldn't yeah wouldn't be in and uh and I liked what you said about like you getting to see what kind of choices people would make in those situations. Um, for instance, letting yourself be captured. <laughs> yeah. I would like to
2: note I would have not let myself be captured, because in real life I'm not very charismatic, so I would have died, in, you know, immediately.
0: Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, and it's a team sport, as is well, as, as kind of how I refer to it, is, you know, you yeah. you play together, you work together, you come up with plans together, and... Yeah, it's one of those few games that you can
1: actually. You're really trying to build up all everybody to one goal. It's not a PVP game. It is a one for all and all for one kind of game. Right. That's
0: cool. All right, Sam. What about you? What? Why do you play role playing games other than just the the entertainment factor? What is uh? I think good that uh,
2: mainly when I'm playing the game, um, I'm just doing it for the entertainment factor. I like making weird characters and. Doing unexpected things, but yeah,
0: I can tell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but when I'm dungeon mastering, it's a whole nother story. I love creating these worlds that I can design, that I can pour my heart and soul into, and make them feel real. Mm-hmm. Um, I like acting out uh, the characters. Um, I love having heavy roleplay elements where my decisions can affect the players, and the players' de- decisions can affect what I'm doing and sometimes it's like a whole creative writing class because and it's not just like sitting there at a desk and thinking what am i going to write it's like my i had set up an, a, a specific thing for them to do i wanted them to go hunt down these goblins and say you have players that are like no i want to go to those mountains off to the east that look really interesting and you're like well what am i supposed to do about that you just create something random in your head half the time, mm-hmm. and you know you're you're creating a world that's really when you first that's really interesting that you might like to be in. Mm-hmm. But the the as like what we did with this adventure here,
0: yeah, we I mean, totally winning. A little bit.
2: Yeah, we, like we got ourselves captured, you know, and. We realized about halfway through that if none of us had dark vision, we were going to be doomed.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I think that that was kind of your idea, right, to be captured. Yeah. Um, so, and Josh, what was what was going through your head when he came up with this idea of let's let's go and be captured by these goblins?
1: Um, I was thinking, literally, what could go wrong? And apparently, many things. Um, I mean, if. Like he said, we hadn't had someone who had dark vision. We would have been there
0: for a while, right? And then, as a GM, I would have had to really come, like, done some some narrative acrobatics to try and figure out how this was going to make sense. If y'all getting out, I almost was to the point where I was just going to say, like, "That's it, you guys are captured. Game over, man." Yeah, and Game I think that's, I think that's something you
2: really worry about as a dungeon master, where it's like, "How am I going to pull this together and still have it make sense?"
1: Yeah, puts a you lot of know.
2: pressure on you. Yeah, especially you... on the spot. And sometimes I'll just be like, "We'll pick up some other time, and you know, finish this some other time after I can think of something." Mm-hmm. We may be cutting off really early, but it makes it more narratively focused. Mm-hmm. And some players don't care about that; they really like the action. But for me personally, the action kind of puts me asleep. Like I get bored with the action, even if I'm mm. describing what I'm doing. I still feel like I'm not really accomplishing much and when I'm talking to the characters I feel like I'm actually there and I feel like I can uh, actually have a conversation with this.
0: And so by character. action you mean like the parts where there's like combat encounters yeah. and everybody's always rolling dice to see if they hit and then dodge things and yeah, stuff I've, like that. I'd much rather
2: be on the humorous side of talking to and people. The nar- and the more narrative yeah, structure. Yeah, because when you're talking to random people in the game... You may, so- you may meet somebody with a quirky personality, and they're really funny. Or you might meet somebody that's very down and drab, mm-hmm. you know. Or you might just meet a crazy jester, mm-hmm. you know. And that's always fun, because it adds a lot of randomness to the game, and it always feels
0: new. Sure. Josh, yeah. what about you?
1: Um, I feel that it, it needs a balance. I mean, everything really does. Um, yeah. If you have a heavy combat, you get no story. Um, and then it's like, well, why are we doing this?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, because and then it, I'm just gonna be honest. A lot of times, I think when people see things like that, or even when I'm playing games like that, I always think like, now we're just w- nerds rolling dice. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's what it feels like sometimes. And you need yeah. a story to right. go
1: along with those dice. Um, and if you have too much story, sometimes the uh, the players will be like kind of just zoning out. Um so it all needs a balance and I mean if you're a good game master like you you Chris um think. <laughs> and you Sam you both do very well. Um, yeah, it has a balance. Too. You keep the uh the players um,
0: active in in it. So yeah. So uh all the stuff we're talking about here if you listen to last week's episode we had uh, you know we had the issue where you all went into the goblin fortress and you know you tried some things to like try and do some social things with the goblins and talk to them and try to trick them into getting you captured and and all that and then as you went as you were getting your way out then you went into sort of a, a kind of a little combat encounter and again we didn't go into a lot of depth into that because otherwise this podcast would become nerds rolling dice uh, a lot of times it gets really drawn out. But that's the kind of balance you're talking about, right? Where there's the, the, the talking parts, and then there's the parts where you go and... Yeah. And are, you know, it's the action, which, you know, again, sometimes it just feels like it's not very action-y unless you have someone that's running it really well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I've listened to things that are like that. I'm just like, this is actually really boring. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, uh, why would you recommend role playing games to other people? Do you what what would be your selling point for that? Um well I don't really know.
1: I mean you just get into it. Um sometimes you can meet, meet people that are like really into it and all they do is play RPGs and then you make friends with them and then you sometimes you can even learn new facts about the game, uh, new mechanics for different games. Um, but the real selling point is you get to socialize. Um, you get to have fun creating your own universe. It's almost like uh, creating a Skyrim game. I mean, I've never played it, but I've heard people who have, and it's like creating your own game. You get to make your own adventures. You get to make color, make it interesting. Um, and if you're a player, uh, you, you get to do anything you want, really, um, as long as the game master is okay with it.
0: Um, so the collaborative storytelling aspect yes. of it is really part of it. Yeah. And I, and I know you hinted at this earlier, Sam, mm-hmm. when you were talking about yeah about why you play and creating things. So makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. The opportunity to to do that in a way that's that's structured.
1: Yeah. Uh, there right has on. to still be rules, but you can still bend them every now and then.
0: It it just makes it fun. Cool. Sam, what would you say to, to people that have never played a role-playing game to, to get them to, to buy in? Well, to do that, I think you need to have friends. But
2: you don't always have to have friends. You can always come to one of our functions or you can play online. There are a ton of people that are willing yeah. to play online. Meet new people. Yeah. Um, but the aspect of what he's asking is, I think that it's a creative thing for me. I think that you may get tangled up in the story and you'll love it, or you might dislike your first few times playing it. And that may just because you don't have the right dungeon master or it may be that you don't like to type a story that they're telling but other people do um, so don't get discouraged at that I think most people like role-playing games I just think that they never really find the right fit um, and I think that Dungeons & Dragons is a very free game like Josh said I agree completely with what he said I think that it's a very free game
0: is like And you can do whatever you want and that sort of thing. Yeah.
2: It's also really great for escapism. I mean, I've heard people that uh, love Dungeons and Dragons so much and the rest of their life was just so terrible that Dungeons and Dragons is really what kept them going. Mm-hmm. And eventually they found stuff in real life that they love too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't pl- apply specifically to Dungeons and Dragons, it's just an example I gave. Yeah. Um, because there's tons of great games out there. There's Savage Worlds, yeah. there's Warhammer. There. That was going
0: to be my next, my next thing that I, I bring up here. Actually, a good uh, transition into that. Um, so what we did play was Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and like I prefaced it with, it is a very heavily fantasy-based setting. Typically, um, usually it's it's you know got a Lord of the Rings kind of feel to it, Yeah. Um, with epic adventures and sword fights and and wizards. Uh, but the it's like you said Sam there's lots and lots of different games out there Uh, you know Dungeons and Dragons is the one that people are most familiar with and then also Pathfinder which is based on that but uh, but there's tons of other systems out there Uh, so uh, the reason I ran this is because I know y'all y'all like stuff like this right guys oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. definitely (laughs) wait if you had a choice would this be your go to kind of setting the fantasy or would you uh, maybe try something else Believe
2: it or not, I think I love D and D, but I think Starfinder has the
1: ability to tell better stories.
0: That's interesting. Um, that's, that's really interesting. For me,
1: it would either be uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Traveller.
0: You like Traveller? Yeah. Which is another science fiction setting. Mm, yes.
1: Um, Traveller, it's like it's basically D and D in space. Mm-hmm. You can fly in a spaceship. You can battle aliens if you wanted to you can you can do quite a bit um but D is definitely like the one to start off with it's very easy to get into it's very fun specifically fifth edition yes. don't try to get in the second edition
0: yeah that's a good point i definitely wouldn't recommend <laughs> or 3.5 slash pathfinder <laughs> Yeah. Four
2: is easy, too, but it's more action-based, so it just depends on what
1: you prefer. Yeah, 3.5 is for more advanced players.
0: Cool. And, Sam, you also mentioned Savage Worlds, uh, which uh, you've played a little bit of, right? I have played
2: very little, and I've read the whole book like three times. It's not for me because I love the D20 system so much, which is the system that's Dungeons and & Dragons and all that stuff where uh, you roll a D20 to see if you hit them or if your persuasion works or if, you know, you're trying to dig for treasure, see how well you dig, you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it determines whether or not you succeed. With Savage Worlds, it's very different. Each skill, or each attribute of you, like, speaking, strength, dexterity, that kind of stuff, it's all based on a different die than what the other one would be. Not exactly. That's not exactly how it works, but, uh, but you yes. roll a specific die, like a D12 for strength, if you have really high strength. Yeah. Um, and you roll a d12 to see if it succeeds. And if you roll a 12, then it explodes, and then you roll again, and if you get, you know, another 12, it just keeps going over and over again. Right. But it's very different and more complicated, but I think it's still just as much fun if you can figure out how it works.
0: Yeah. Josh, you play, you've play. you played quite a bit more savage rolls than than uh, and Sam, and you, you came to our, our game many times where we had different settings and things like that yeah um did, did you enjoy that did you like doing going to the different worlds and different settings and such uh
1: yeah i did i uh, really liked it um one of the one of my favorite uh aspects of savage worlds are the bennies
0: you like that yes um which uh, bennies are it's a point that you get in the game that lets you re-roll dice if you fail or you don't like your results so you can try to try again to succeed. Yeah, and
1: uh, man, those will definitely help in a pinch because it's like sometimes it's a life or death roll, and if you have those bennies, it can change the roll entirely. It can be a make or break. Yeah. Yeah. Situation. Uh, That's cool. Another cool
2: thing about these games is is if you want to put bennies in Dungeons and Dragons, you can put bennies in Dungeons and Dragons. You can do whatever you want to implement them. You can make the game way easy by leaving an advantage and disadvantage and having bennies. Or you could get rid of the advantage and disadvantage system entirely and Mm -hmm. just use bennies. Um, I think that what's also really cool is these games can have custom roles. Like, uh, I have developed a system and I never really use it because it's super in-depth and I don't like writing stuff down. Um, So what you can do is... There's a way to actually keep track of how much somebody likes your players. Like, if they utterly hate your players, it's a 1 through 10 system. So, if they utterly <laughs> hate your players, I'm not it's sure a I'm 1. Sam,
0: hey, Sam, I'm not entirely sure I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay never what right. do you ta- What do you mean okay. how
2: much they like your players? Okay, so it's a scale system. Okay. So, 1 would be the NPC really dislikes you, or 10, okay. they and really I know, like no, you. So,
0: when he says NPC, he's talking about the other characters in the game. Um, so, exa- for example, in the game that we played uh, in the last episode, Josh and Sam were are, are player characters. That means they're the players in the story, and then non-player characters or NPCs are the other characters, like, for example, Deave the Goblin and the Town Guard and Garth. Um, so what you're talking about is a system for determining how much they... Yeah. They, like, the, the NPCs uh, like... The other player characters. Yeah,
2: I guess what I was just saying is it's very a- easy to implement systems into this thing.
0: Sure. Yeah, they're very customizable, uh, and like you both said, you know, you need a balance, and in some cases, you need more narrative. Um, and I, you know, I like to run strate- strategic games and combats and things like that. But I find that more and more, like, I just lean towards. I just want to like do role playing stuff. Like, I just want to tell a story and I like presenting scenarios and just seeing how people interact with those scenarios and um there doesn't always have to be dice you don't need dice rolls for everything sometimes I just like to see what you guys are gonna do yeah and and just you know build build the situation from there um and sometimes that feels weird cause I'm like I have this big book of rules you know I'm like <laughs> I gotta use all these rules I'm like I, yeah. I, I don't know it's almost like sometimes I think the rules are just something to fall back on when, yeah. when you don't have a, you know maybe a, a sure idea of what the result is going to be.
2: Well, what's also really cool is if you have a really good pace game and the pace is going great, and all of a sudden you come up on a rule that you don't know, you can just make it up. Exactly. And your players shouldn't... They might, but they shouldn't get after you for it if you're the dungeon master. Because the thing that a lot of people don't really... Expect when they come into Dungeons and Dragons is the dungeon master is basically just the judge, you know. They decide what goes, what happens, and if you want to do something crazy, like you want to get inside of a, you you know, you want to sit on a ballista while somebody shoots it, you know, the dungeon master can say you can try, but you're probably gonna fly off the ballista, or when you hit the ground, you're gonna die. Sure. And I'm not going to let you do it, because, you know, this is high stakes. If you do this, then you're going to die, most likely. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep it real. Yeah. But also, you might have a Dungeon Master that the All right, you know what? Physics. Let's forget that and do video game physics. You can sure. sit on that ballista and shoot it. And, you know, you'll hit the wall, but you'll probably be fine.
0: Sure. You know? Well, just like in any good story, um, there's the different tones. And some people run games that are really, like, just really silly. And almost cartoonish like I think that the adventure that we ran was was a little more towards like the, the a little comedy a little a little silly you know um, which is cool if you want something a little more lighthearted. Yeah. and then there's some people that run very serious and intense na- narratives um, so yeah you know yeah I, there's I, I think that just like there's a book for everyone you know every book it's reader I think there's probably a table for everyone like there's people that are really rules heavy and there's people that are very narrative heavy and there's people that tell different kinds of stories and i think that like if ever if people gave it a shot um i think that you you would find your table yeah
1: um i totally agree with that and speaking of books that's what i was thinking of um every adventure is like a book or even a movie mhm um i mean think about it there are movies that you love and movies that you hate <laughs> there are books that you like, there are books that you hate, um, it all just depends on what you like, um, and you know what, if you don't like your game master, you can choose another one, you can even be a game master, um, I don't have a lot of experience, uh, game mastering, um, I'm mainly a player,
0: but. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that, Josh, if you're, um, if, if, cause I'm, I know you've been a player for a while. Have you ever thought about being a game master? Um... Or have I, you game mastered?
1: I uh, definitely want to be a game master, um... Because, I mean, I need the experience. Um... I just... I don't know. I think I'm ready to go to the next level. I think I've graduated from being just a player to doing both or even just game mastering. I think I'm ready. Ready right to try?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, if you ever want to give it a shot, you know, you know where to go. Yeah. I'm. O- I'm always glad to to make sure there's a, uh, you know, rotation here at the library. You're always welcome to. to I'm sure Sam would be cool to uh, train train the place with you for, the game master, one time. Totally. Uh, I definitely would be interested to see what you come up with. I always think that that's fun. I like to see what other people create. And, what other the people do? So, so Chris, why did you become a dungeon master? Well, that's that's kind of a funny story, too, actually, uh, because you know, I start we started doing this uh, gaming at the library as just a role playing game uh, set, you know, that sort of thing monthly. Uh, I have a friend that wanted to start it, and so he, you know, he's really enthusiastic about it. He was actually my first game master who got me started on role playing games. So he came and he got it started, and he came for a while and was the Game Master, and and I I just liked being a player, and then he kind of just couldn't make it anymore shortly after we started. So then I became, it was like, now it was all on me, I'm like, I have to be the Game Master now. Mm -hmm. So I first started Game Mastering here at the library because I had to do it. Um, And I really, like, at that point when I had to, I wasn't really at the point where I'm like, yeah, I totally want a Game Master. Um, but I had to, and so uh, once I got the bug, you know, I started doing it and started getting really enthusiastic about it, and then really digging into into the way these games work and stuff. Then I was like, now I I have a hard time being a player because yeah. I love I love the like you guys said I love the creative aspect of it. I like creating stories and and different situations and scenarios, and I love 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 seeing what the players do. Yeah, I just think it's so fascinating to see how different people. React in different situations and, and the plans they come up with and things like that. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, sometimes they're not always good ideas.
2: Like <laughs> the one we just had, because we didn't go in expecting that we had Dark Vision. Ah, geez, yeah, or the time when you guys
0: tried to cross that bridge that was out. Oh, yeah, with the
2: rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my idea, though. It seems like most of the stupid ideas are mine, aren't they?
0: No,
1: I mean. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but- <laughs>
0: <laughs> but hey, you know some some people love that. They love to just come up with weird and crazy stuff. And see well, stuff
2: happens. I would never do in real life. Like in real life, I would have looked for a way to cross the ravine. Just walk around. Yeah. But it's like in Dungeons and Dragons. It's like sure, there's stakes because you don't want to sit there for two hours and make a character. Right. It doesn't always take two hours. It just takes two hours the first time you make a character.
1: It's just spur of the moment. Yeah it's yeah. like oh we have a problem hey let's think of ideas and then well what was the first idea um was using a rope to cross it and everybody's just like okay let's do it and uh it worked until people started falling yeah like i got across perfectly everything
2: went great for me yeah and then i found some headless guy on the other side and that didn't go well
0: but yeah all this in reference to another adventure we ran here at the library one time but uh, yeah okay so I'm gonna be honest from a game master perspective um, you know I'm running this game for y'all and'm I'm, I'm educating the results and what and the outcome and all that when I started giving y'all the beginning of this adventure this uh, impregnable fortress of dib um, I you know I think game masters always have an idea of what they want the characters to do or kind of expect the characters to do and sometimes sure. they don't. <laughs> that always happens for me. It always. <laughs> um what I was kind of expecting y'all to do when I started doing this adventure is I thought, you know, either one of them's going to like try to pretend to be a priest or or I was kind of on board when y'all said that oh let's go get a priest and then we we'll That yeah. yeah. was a, never know. even crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I was like let's get a priest. It's <laughs> 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 official. Yeah. And then that would that way you try to get him like out of the fortress or something. Yeah. But y'all totally didn't go that route at all. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, I just kind of, like, I knew from the beginning that we might need a priest, but I was like, let's see how this goes without the priest. Because I honestly, like, I didn't want to, I figured we'd end up getting the priest killed, number one. You know, because that's really likely. NPCs die a lot. And then... <laughs> that That's true. I mean,
0: they, they,
2: especially priest, I mean, he just doesn't have a good way of defending himself. You know, these goblins are ruthless and as soon as we try to start taking away Garth, that guy's gonna get an arrow in his chest. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just no way. Um, so what I was thinking is is you know, I've never done something in D and D where I actually purposely get captured. How about I purposely get captured? And that's the thought process I was going through. And it worked until I thought it didn't
0: work and then I realized it would work, so fortunately.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: fortunately <laughs> I'm just curious because like I said there's all kinds of different other other kinds of different games and settings um I always want to want you know to make sure that po- potential players are aware that this isn't all just swords and sorcery and or or science fiction um so if there's like some other kind of scenario that wasn't like sci-fi fantasy in a game what kind of setting would you guys want to play uh for me a story centered drama not like you
2: know uh, uh you know one of those shows on tv like a soap opera not that kind of drama but you know like mm-hmm. uh like a hefty maybe a story where you know the it's political intrigue but it's got a hint of drama to it you mm-hmm. know um and that
0: would be interesting so something like in a in like a modern world or something like that yeah like a yeah. world yeah. But, but very, sto- like, drama-driven. Oh, yeah, for
2: sure. It would have to be drama-driven, because once you get rid of the fantasy and science fiction, I mean, there's only so many routes you can go. Sure. But um, I think that drama generally goes with story fairly well, and it's a good recipe. Um, but if drama also didn't exist, maybe... I don't
0: know. Uh, I would say go ahead and do a- action... <laughs> Like, just, like, action movie type stuff. Yeah, but, like, don't just make it
2: combat every five seconds. You know, maybe, like, add in some obstacles, like having a zip line down something or something like that. Don't just keep it shooting at everybody for five minutes. But, like, you know, maybe just add in something nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Right on. Josh? I don't know. Um, I think Westerns would be cool. Westerns. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Having like a gunfight every now and then, because I mean, westerns stereotypically it's like you're out in the middle of a desert and you're gonna have a gunfight. But if you look deeper, that's not really what they are. They're story based. They are but, very, yeah story driven. Um, it's like the good guy against the bad guy. That's how it was originally started with all of these action films was westerns. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, another one would be maybe like a murder mystery. Yeah. Like oh yeah,
0: like like trying detectives or something. Yeah. like that
1: uh, figuring out clues, actually looking around the room and stuff like that, and uh, those two would be a top pick besides sci-fi and fantasy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool.
1: I think it would even be
2: cool if you know you had uh, not like a tycoon game exactly, but you know, like, have you ever heard of Roller Coaster Tycoon mm-hmm. where you like build your city and all that stuff? Sure. That could be kind of interesting where you actually play the head of this guy and he's actually building around the city, but you actually have to roll your dice to see if things go well. You know, like, mm-hmm. that might be kind of interesting. Or have, like, a
0: game where it's all, like, business yeah. deals and things like that.
2: Yeah, that would be really interesting. It
0: might be interesting. I don't think I would play a game like that. but No, I can too many numbers. I can definitely see there being, uh, you know, an interest in that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'm totally down for the Western the western thing. I really like I like that idea. I think that I've always thought that Westerns, like our Western movies and stuff, I always thought they were kind of, like, a little bit like fantasy anyway, even though there's no yeah. magic and stuff. It's like a lot of the stuff that happened. It's like the the real Wild West. It wasn't really like that. yeah. It was it didn't yeah. have all those things <laughs> together at the same time. Yeah. So it's just it's kind of like uh yeah. It's kind of like our genre of yeah of fantasy.
1: Definitely. Um. Yeah, westerns. Um. They definitely bring out a lot of well, conflict. So, like there like if there's a bad guy and a good guy it gets escalated uh pretty quickly there's usually a gunfight mm-hmm. every i mean it's spaced out good enough like maybe once every 10 minutes because that's how westerns usually go but um back then it's like cowboys all they did was hurdle herd hurt a cow over thousands of miles, they didn't actually go into gunfights.
0: Yeah, very seldom.
1: Yeah, and so I think it just brings out a little bit of fantasy, Mm -hmm. talking about, hey, this would be cool if it was actually like this. A man could bring the law into his own hands. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: The Wild West law. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right on. Well, you know what? I was going to run for this. If I had time to plan it, I was going to do... Uh, a western a wild west setting but with dinosaurs <laughs> oh yeah. that
2: would be so <laughs> great <laughs> yeah
0: but i didn't i didn't really, i ran out of time so then i got this this pre-made adventure that is in prepared a dozen adventures for fifth edition uh for the game master that's stored on time or you know whatever yeah. whatever anyway i thought it was pretty cool um some, there's some good stuff in there. That was
2: the shortest adventure
0: I've ever played. It is really short. Like
2: It's super short.
0: Yeah. Even if y'all had done, like, just combat when you got to the fortress and done yeah. just fighting and stuff, it's just one tiny little combat, and y'all would have done it, and that would have been, been it. So. Yeah, I need to
2: look into that kind of stuff, because I play one-shots all the time, and it turns into a ten-shot. Yeah. Because, you know, your players like, ooh, let's go see that. Let's go see this. Sure. Yeah, so.
0: Cool. I'm going to open the table. What is there anything that that you guys have, any subjects that you guys want to cover? I think that we've covered almost everything unless we're
2: just, you know, wanting to talk about the things that have happened in our games and how much fun it can be
1: to play. I'm good. I mean, the only other thing I could talk about would be, like, video games, like, first-person shooters or something.
0: Well, actually, that's probably a good topic to to discuss, really, because um, I think that there's a lot of crossover interest Mm -hmm. in people that that play video games and that play these tabletop role-playing games oh yeah Mm -hmm. totally uh and i think that there's a lot of people that play video games that uh that are have not you know have not tried something like this yeah that uh you know if they just tried it then like you know know, because i i grew up playing video games Mm, yeah you know for for years and years i still i still do And, uh, you know, my first exposure to the term RPG, you know, role-playing game, was role-playing video games, which are, like, they're way different than this because uh, the role you can play is limited to what's programmed in the computer. Yeah,
2: there's no game that's like Dungeons & Dragons or any RPG that's tabletop.
1: Because at least it doesn't glitch out on you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that this morning. where It was like... What if we made an
2: RPG game session and like posted it on YouTube where it was just like you rolled a one, you fell through the floor. <laughs> it was like it was really interesting, but ultimately I don't think I would ever do it because it would just be too many character deaths, and it'd be like it takes a few minutes to go find these pre-made ones it online and print one. them off. So I mean,
0: that that is not the answer I expect. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) like these games are great because they won't glitch out on you. (laughs) Yeah,
2: and the systems are generally very refined. uh, Your
0: your GM might glitch out on you if you do something really (laughs) dumb. (laughs) it will just be like (laughs) exploding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I was gonna say that the reason that uh, video you know gamers, video gamers should try games like this is because. You're not limited to what's programmed into the computer. Yeah. Yeah. I think you if you like RPGs,
2: so I think if you like RPGs, you'll like it. I think if you like games like Final Fantasy, you'll like it. JRPGs. I think even if you like first-person shooters, you might even like the action in these games. Now, yeah. if you don't like numbers, most of these aren't for you. Like Dungeon of Dragons isn't going to be for you if you hate
1: numbers.
0: Yeah, not that one. But there are definitely rules like systems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There are. I mean i I play Call of Duty a lot <laughs> and um. I know that I like it, but there are sometimes where it's like I'd really like to go into that room over there, and you can't because it's programmed to where you can't do it. As to where, if you were playing an RPG, you can go wherever you want. Yeah. I mean, you could. You can go down into the sewers. You can go down the toilet piping if you wanted to. Like well, that's only how, if you're a fish.
0: If yeah, if. You're like like I, well, mean, <laughs> I mean, druids can
1: change into animals, can't they? Well, I guess yeah it depends um, on your
0: it depends on your setting and your <laughs> yeah. you know and your rules and stuff but yes if if it's um you're limited yeah you're not limited to your possibilities yeah. except for whatever the, the laws of physics are you're just limited you're to your
1: imagination yeah yeah and games it's like software it can be corrupted too yeah i mean like what i yeah it glitches again <laughs> yeah but like what i
2: really really hate about video games over dungeons and dragons is if you see a collapsed cave in a video game, you can't go in there. There is no possibility that you can go in there because it's not programmed. But in Dungeons & Dragons, you see a collapsed cave and you want to actually devote some time and resources into it, you can go into that cave. You know, you can see what's in there. And generally, if you spend that much time doing it and you gain that much experience or whatever, you might find some really nice things in there. Oh, yeah. You know, wherein it's like a video game and this applies to uh, any game, not just the linear ones, even open world games, it, there's always something that you can't do in a video game. But in a tabletop RPG, you can.
1: Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. Um, also, toxic players on online video games. You still get those in D and D though if you get a well, in the group. you get like munchkins or whatever. But That's I true. mean, they're a lot more uncommon than toxic players in video games. I mean, you always have that one person like Minecraft or Seven Days to Die or something like that, Or they'll get on your world, destroy all of your stuff, kill all of you, and then you have to start all the way over and get a new world. You always have that one person that'll just do that, hmm. or. Uh, another game, Rainbow Six Siege, where it's like they'll just go a shield, um, and headshot you with a pistol. It's just toxic people on video games, and that can kind of ruin the video game too. Um, yeah, if for you sure. have repetitive toxic people.
0: Sure, I've heard um, about it. I don't play a lot of online games, yeah. but I've, I've heard about bad experiences with like yeah, Call of Duty and stuff, and all the yeah. terrible things that people say to each other.
1: Oh yeah, I
0: mean, and
1: I've heard, a l- Many bad things. Um, even just watching YouTube videos, like what they say to like actual people that are gonna put it on their channel. It's like you mm-hmm. know you're technically gonna say that to millions of people. Mm. They will say many things that you wouldn't not that you know they wouldn't say to your face.
0: Yeah. Well, well um, yeah,
1: that's why in D and D you don't generally get too many people yeah. cussing at
2: your face. I will, you
0: know? Yeah. I will say that I, there are toxic players yeah. in role playing games, but their behavior is usually. Very much, much nicer. I don't know about more mellow. It's different. Like they'll do things to wreck your game and stuff. Yeah, Uh, I've never had
2: one of those because I'm really lucky. Everybody that's here is really great. But I've heard that if you go to some of those public ones, like the D and D Adventures League, Mm -hmm. you'll just get some really awful people. But it's not every group. I mean, there most most of those things have multiple tables, and if you don't like it, you can always start a table and say, "Hey, dude, you're not welcome here." You know. You can start your own table and have the people that you do like uh play with you. And it's not you know It is one of the d-
0: tough parts about being a game master. Sometimes you have to you do have to drop the hammer. Yeah. You know, and you have to say like you're you got you're gonna have to not behave like that or or you'll you know, find another table. Yeah. Yeah. so um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that most of the people that I've played with in in Tabletop is you know, you meet a lot of really really neat people. Most people are really courteous. And are just there to have fun, and uh, sometimes you get some off the wall ideas and and things like that. But uh, most of the time, there's no malice or ill intent. It's just that's how they play the game. Yeah. So, so yeah, totally. I I think it's a great place to meet to meet people and interact with people and uh, and make you know make friends. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I've met all kinds of cool people doing this at the library, like you guys, and and you know all my other players that I've met here. It's been
2: it's been great. Like me and you, Josh, were teenagers. Yeah. You may not be able to tell. Yeah, if you didn't,
0: if you couldn't tell, um, these are a couple of our teen players at the library. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, we may seem like adults. We're not. Yeah. But, you know, um, that long I think that it can also make people a lot more courteous because you also have to respect, as a player, what the other players or Dungeon Master is doing. I think that it can actually teach you some things, like patience, because there's a lot of... I want to say there's a lot of patience, but there's some amount of patience to waiting for your turn in battles or waiting for the other players to do what they want to do, or there's just a lot of lessons you can learn from Dungeons & Dragons or any other role-playing game, mm-hmm. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, a, yeah you know. that's a good point. Uh, yeah. It's a great way to, to explore, you know, to explore different uh, different roles, different opportunities, or, you know, uh, Scenarios, things like that. And yeah. I think that a lot of people enjoy it because when you come to the table you don't you don't have to be yourself. You can You can you can be a character. You can be a character and you can behave as that that character, you know, within reason. Yeah. And I I know, I don't know what it is, but I've seen it I've seen it with myself and I've seen it with other people. When people come to the table and they do games like this, like there's walls that just come down and and you can interact with people in ways that maybe you wouldn't have just if you just walked up to a table and just tried to have a, yeah. a conversation with them, you know.
2: I mean, also, if you're really uncomfortable, you know, going to these tables because you're like, oh, my, man, I don't want to be a nerd. There are regular people there. But, I mean, <laughs> the, another thing that I have friends that won't play any of these games because they're just shy. You have no problem making friends and you know, the regular kind of, I guess, the regular world. But I mean, they can. There are players that don't want to do the voices or anything like that, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know, you don't want to do the voices. That's fine. You can talk in your voice. You don't want to role play at all. That's fine. There's a table out there for you that doesn't like the role playing aspect, um, and those tables will always be welcoming. Generally, um, I mean, unless you try to wreck their game but like you know <laughs> yeah. then we'll tell you to kindly go away or you know figure it out but you know I think that uh, you can and eventually you might be shy about that at first and not want to do it at all but eventually you'll see other people doing it and you'll be like oh this is normal I mean people aren't going to judge you for doing this the other people are doing it they're not going to judge me for it you know and you'll start to want to role play you know
0: Yeah. try things you didn't do before yeah yeah, I don't consider myself any kind of a good actor, but when I come to the table, I try. I try, yeah. <laughs> I try really hard to act. <laughs> you, and you do a good job. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and you guys, too. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Well, that's that's awesome. Um, a big thanks to Sam and Josh for coming and having, doing this podcast with us and discussing our uh, our role-playing games and, and playing As well. Uh, Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime. Okay. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. All right. Uh, Well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Long Overdue Podcast. Uh, It's a production of the Decatur Public Library. And uh, we'll see you all again next time. Happy gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. Have fun.